0: Welcome back to Grid, Iron, Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the Disciple, Brett Coulson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara. It is a DFS Thursday, which means we will be getting you ready for your DraftKings lineups this weekend. I guess you can use this advice for season long. As well. Last week we had a bunch of really good calls, guys. J.J. Nelson, Martavis Bryant, Buck Allen, Rex Burkhead, Kobe Fleener, Ty Montgomery, Eddie Lacy. Nah, bro. (laughs) Did not
1: even put a fucking uh, uniform on. (laughs) Healthy scratch? Is that not good? Meanwhile, Chris Carson, though.
0: So what you're saying is Joik Bell and Eddie Lacy played the same amount of snaps on Sunday. Too sharp for own good? Correct. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely too sharp for own good. But a, a bunch of great calls around the horn as well. Everybody uh, participating, which is great. And we hope to continue to do that into week three of the NFL season. Brett, you gave some great season-long tips as well on the recap pod on Tuesday. If you guys haven't had a chance... To check that out, go back and listen where we bitch and moan about our two and three super contest performance from week two. You can also check Mo's Moose of the Week and some other great stuff, including the uh, super contest standings over on gridirongamble.com. So, check that out. Before we get to specific plays, stacks, games that we are interested in, we like to look at the implied team totals. Uh, for the upcoming weekend, and basically what that is is we take the Vegas total and we divide the points expected based upon the spread uh, that Vegas has. And right now, the highest implied team total on the board is for the Oakland Raiders, who are small road favorites in Washington. Their implied team total is 29 They are followed closely by the New England Patriots, big home favorites to the Houston Texans. They have an implied team total of 28 and three quarters. And then it's Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons, another road favorite, small road favorite, going to another dome in Detroit to play the Lions. They have an implied team total of 26 and three quarters. So the Raiders, Patriots, and Falcons with the highest implied team totals of the week, Uh, Again, weather is not a big thing this week. We got some late rain last week in Seattle, uh, but it wasn't for too long and it wasn't too hard. But it looks clear across the board, so no real reason to stick on the weather. So we'll go straight to Stacks, and uh, I'm going to lead it off with the GOAT, the man himself, Burt Minotti. What Stacks are you looking at this week for Week 3?
1: This one might be my favorite of the year. So far, I think it is my favorite of the year so far because I don't see a lot of people being on Andy Dalton this week. I, I, I love Andy Dalton and AJ Green against this Green Bay Packers secondary that is one of the worst in the league. Quentin Rollins, Devon House, Demarius Randall, and something Kentrell Bryce playing safety. Uh, week one against the Hawks, we didn't get to see this unit get exposed a whole lot because Russell Wilson was running for his life. Uh, last week, Matt Ryan only threw the ball 28 times because the Falcons were in control the whole game. Did look really good against the secondary early in the game, though. I, I think this week we see Andy Dalton just come out slinging. Big, uh, big underdogs on the road this week. Uh, they get three extra days rest after playing last Thursday. This is going to be the worst defenses he's. This is going to be the worst defense he's faced early in this young season after opening with the Ravens and the Texans. They need to get A.J. Green some targets if they want to keep pace with Aaron Rodgers this week. Uh, so I'm expecting Dalton to look his way a lot, possibly 15 times, especially if Tyler Eifert sits. He's questionable to play right now. Uh, I might just go 100% exposure to A.J. Green the lineups this week. and I'm going to have a lot of Andy Dalton as well to, to build teams around. And I think this makes for a great game stack, too. The total is half. I think it could go way mm-hmm. over that. Uh, So guys like Ty Montgomery, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson all in play if you want to just stack this game. Uh, Even maybe Brandon LaFell, Alex Erickson is guys who get a nice bump if Tyler Eifert sits. Guys who could get a sneaky touchdown with Andy Dalton in there if you want to make a unique Bengals stack. Because I think A.J. Green will be a little little popular this week. But uh, yeah, I loved Andy Dalton, A.J. Green. And another one I like this week. I know you're a big fan. of Actually, you know what? I'll just I'll hold this one for you, Rich. I'll let you talk about Deshaun Kaiser because I I'm I'm a big fan of that one this week too.
0: Kaiser train. By the way, Donnie, I marked the tape when Donnie said I love Andy Dalton, so we'll have that forever. Because I know I know you're not a fan of this stack, DP. No, I think that this stack is a joke. I think that <laughs> that Brett is
2: is falling off of that godly pedestal that we put him on when it comes to DFS knowledge. And you better be right, because if you're not, Brett, I don't know, we might have to talk about getting a replacement on this, this Thursday DFS <laughs> why, podcast.
1: Why, why do you hate this stack so much?
2: Because Andy Dalton is a joke. They haven't been able to score a touchdown all year. I mean, they he leads the league in, in interceptions with four. The, the, I just think that that team is, is a total dumpster fire. The coach is not the person who's going to get it right. The coach should be fired, not the offensive coordinator. And I, I think that if I, if when I watch the Packers play defense, I think that they're a much improved unit over years past. I don't think they're anywhere near the top of the league, but they are much improved. And I think that the Bengals going on the road uh, to Lambeau Field is, is just another disaster waiting to happen that we've been seeing all year from Andy Dalton and the Bengals.
0: Boys and girls, that is the exact reason why you want to play Andy Dalton and A.J. Green this week, that exact diatribe that we just got from DP because classic stock high, stock low. Brad, I think you're wrong. I don't think A.J. Green. Who's going to click A.J. Green at that price other than sharp people? Like nobody. People are are sick and tired of watching this Bengals offense. They're totally off of it, and I love this because nobody in their right mind is going to click Andy Dalton nor AJ Green on DraftKings this weekend. DP, since you don't like the Red Rifle and the Georgia wide receiver, UGA's finest AJ Green, where are you going at with your stack?
2: Uh, I'm going to a game that you mentioned earlier has the uh, highest total on the board, but I'm going to the opposite side of the highest team total. Uh you said the Oakland Raiders have the highest total. I'm looking at the Washington Redskins. In similar fashion, I don't think many people are going to click them if they're clicking people in this game. I think they're going to click the Oakland Raiders and that passing attack, especially Michael Crabtree after what he did last week with the trifecta of touchdowns. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, Terrell Pryor, Jordan Reed, Jamison Crowder, Chris Thompson's been looking really good, uh, especially last week with what he did. So I would look to stack the uh, the, the Redskins passing attack and uh, go forward with them. I mean, I think that there's, there's something to be said about, the, you know, the high-scoring game that I think this is going to be. The Redskins are at home against the Raiders this week. Uh, You know, I think that as much as you guys are going to hate what I'm about to say, I'm saying it anyway. Kirk Cousins wears his heart on his sleeve, him returning home after two horrible performances. This, this is stupid. This is a stupid No, tic. okay, it's fine. It's a stupid take. So is your horrible hurricane take in week one with the Texans. So just
0: don't talk <laughs> how to me. Fair, yeah, and how fair enough. Work out. Fair enough. Very fair.
2: Yes, okay. So we all make stupid takes. If this is a stupid take, fine, but I'm dying on the sword with it. But after that week one performance, that horrible week one performance for Kirk Cousins, I don't think that he returns home in week three and has a horrific performance as he did in week one. I think he does much better. Um, and I don't think that the Raiders' defense is exactly the best defense in the world. They're ranked 20 seconds in pass defense, DVOA. And, yeah, I just like, I like Cousins and this passing attack at home. I like him to sling the ball around.
0: He's got a ton of options, so give me the Redskins' passing attack. I, uh, I'm definitely interested in Cousins and Pryor. In this matchup, Jameson Crowder, not so much. I think there's something really going on there with the injury. I, th- I think I saw something, and don't quote me on this. I think Ryan Grant has outsnapped him the first two weeks, and that's definitely not uh, because of player preference. Uh, they don't like Ryan Grant as much as Jameson Crowder. I just think Crowder's playing through injury right now, uh, so I-, I would try to avoid him until we know more about his health and he's put together a few more consistent games, although to... to The contrarian theory maybe firing him when he's somewhat injured and hoping for a big game while everybody's off him is worth worth its weight in gold. But I'm more of a fan of Cousins and Pryor in this spot, Uh, and I like it for the same reasons. I don't think Cousins has looked good. I don't think him and Pryor have connected on a deep ball yet, but I think they will. And this is a good spot to do so against a Raiders defense that has played well. But they played well against a Titans team that's finding themselves with young receivers and young backs, and a Jets team that is abhorrent. So this could be a good spot for the slurs. Mo?
3: Well, I'm trying to dig for some uh, what I hope is under-owned value as well, but I actually went the opposite way of Brett. Instead of looking at the bottom of the salaries, uh, I'm looking at the top, and what I see at the top is a group of five QBs where one guy, to me, looks like he will be much less owned than the other four, and that's Drew Brees. Uh, he has the toughest matchup of the expensive QBs by quite a bit, and where everyone, I think, is that spends up at QB is going to be clicking on Aaron Rodgers, clicking on Tom Brady, clicking on Matt Ryan. Clicking on Derek Carr. These guys all have great matchups. I don't see too many people clicking Breeze, but I think the upside is still there. Uh, You know, uh, the Panthers have the number one, uh, the the red one by them, which really is going to help push ownership down here. And I think that might be, you know... I have a lot of respect for Carolina's defense. I think this is a solid defense, but uh, I think it's probably more a function of having played the Bills and the Niners so far than anything else. Uh, This isn't a truly terrifying defense to me. The way I look at Denver, where I don't really want to play anyone against those guys. Uh, There's a solid secondary, but not an elite secondary here and uh, there's no elite corner that can take away michael thomas so he's kind of underperformed so far and he is available at a really solid price of 7k and i think if you want to throw in a second body like you know cheapo brandon coleman alvin kamara kobe Fleener, you can go right ahead and do that too uh, Ted Ginn, he's been really poor. I don't know if he really interests me that much, but uh, I still think Drew Brees could go. You know, it, it's still, it's still
0: an elite passing offense. And Fantasy football is about process, and while I appreciate your process and I think it makes sense what you've laid out, Mo, I hate the matchup. Not only does Carolina look like they're back on defense, playing two really good games, they're also <coughs> last in the NFL in pace especially in the second half. First half pace, they're 23rd. Second half pace, they are 32nd. And if they get a lead in this game, which they're projected to do at that minus 6, minus 5.5, wherever you're getting it, I think they're just going to choke the life out of this game in the second half and not allow Drew Brees to eat in garbage time, which has kind of been his forte over the last couple of years. It definitely was last week. Against the Patriots. So I appreciate the process. I think you're going to be on an island. So if you do hit, you're going to hit big. But I'm just very afraid of this matchup against the Panthers. Well, these don't always work out, obviously. Uh, last week I did
3: for sure try this with Le'Veon Bell. And that one blew up on me. I, I figured he was probably overpriced. But I thought it was like one of those spots where he was relatively obvious he was overpriced so almost nobody was going to click on him and he was five percent owned so anytime I can get an elite or borderline elite player for five percent ownership
0: I think I'm going to try to roll the dice in most cases so Brett alluded to the stack that I'm going to talk to talk to talk about and that's Deshaun Kaiser and Rashard Higgins who are somehow inexplicably uh the Browns are road favorites against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Kaiser comes in at 5000 super cheap for a quarterback, and Rashard Higgins comes in at 4000 uh? at the wide receiver position. When Corey Coleman went down with the broken hand uh, last week, Higgins came in and just ate. Uh, I believe he caught something like 7 for 70. They're sick of Kenny Britt. Uh, the tight end position is still a bit of a mess uh, as they still work in the veteran devalve. And Njoku learns the position, I've said it before, and I really believe it. Tight end is probably the most yeah. difficult position for a rookie to transition sure. to in the NFL because they're so important in both the blocking and the receiving game, and it's very complicated, the types of plays that they need to run and the responsibilities that they have, that it's just its very difficult for a 21, 22-year-old to step into the league, get the correct body type, and then hit the ground running. Uh, So with that being said, the most valuable pass catcher in this offense has to be Higgins. And I I think I'm afraid that this play is going to be chalky. Just looking at the waiver activity and the fab activity in my leagues, which aren't the sharpest, uh, he's been pretty popular. But I don't know. Brett, you tell me. Uh, You've perhaps looked at some of the projected ownership numbers. Is Higgins going to be – are people going to – Understand what kind of value this kid has, or are we going to be able to get him at somewhat uh, at, of a reduced ownership?
1: He's going to be semi-popular. Uh, yeah. Fantasy Labs has him projected at 15 to 20%, which yeah, that's I, think, I think could happen. But I think this creates an interesting pivot in GPPs. I don't mind Kenny Britt this week. Uh, ah. it's, it's a pretty good spot to leverage your way into a much lower-owned Kaiser stack uh, with... A better talent. I mean Kenny Britt is just a sick talent. He just hasn't gotten any looks early in the season. And he's at the same price point. So I do like Higgins a lot, especially in catch games. I think he's gonna see a lot of targets this week, but Kenny Britt is kind of a home run threat against a bad cold secondary.
2: Kenny Britt is awful. No, stop it. Kenny Britt. He's awful football. this year. He's not even trying out there. He doesn't care. He's like he was in ship to not, Cleveland. He doesn't give a not, shit.
0: Not trying.
2: No, he's not trying. Kirk Cousins earlier trying. Hard on his sleeve.
0: Kenny Britt, not trying. Not trying. <laughs> caring professional athlete not trying in sport where if you're not trying you can actually die like literally die that's not even that's not uh me being overly dramatic like if you're not trying hard enough you could get injured and die
2: no I, i don't think he's trying all the chatter that i've seen and some of the highlight clips that i've seen of kenny Britt show him literally walking around on the field out there and not giving a crap to play
0: football Hashtag chatter. Uh, I think if you're afraid of matching Kaiser with somebody, I, I mean, he's just a naked play every week. Yep. Uh, as is the quarterback across from him, I believe, something brisket, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, he comes in at 4,800. He gives you that running potential as well. Uh, and he looked fairly competent last week. He has a good connection with a player that I'll talk about later. A little teaser, but I don't think he's a horrible Uh, naked play as well we'll go back around the horn in inverse order Mo, do you have any standalone quarterbacks that you're interested in well Donnie's not gonna like this one because if we're if we're looking at the
3: heart rankings we know Cam Newton doesn't rank very high so uh, I think you can maybe roll out scam here I'm a little worried about Kelvin Benjamin it looks like he might be a little hobbled so if you're not comfortable stacking him with a hobbled Kelvin Benjamin, you can just roll out Scam on his own. Uh, but, you know, you can also throw
2: him
0: out there with Devin Funches. Yes, about I'm really it.
2: shocked you picked Cam Newton. I find that super surprising, though.
0: You could also stack him with, I'll get this out of the way now, my favorite running back of the week, the chalkiest running back on the board, and that's Christian McCaffrey. The Saints have given up four top 20 RB PPR performances this season. There have only been two weeks in the NFL season. (laughs) They are horrific against backs out of the backfield. I think James White and Rex Burkhead went for 11 catches, 100 plus, and a touchdown last week. We know they want to get McCaffrey involved. They keep trying to feed him the ball somewhat unsuccessfully so far, uh, but the Saints can't do anything against backs coming out of the backfield. So he's going to be chalky as hell. But I think a good way to eat that chalk might be to stack him with slam.
1: Yeah, I'm good with that. There's more targets to go around in that offense now that Greg Olson's out as well. So
2: McCaffrey could see a bunch of volume this week.
0: DP, any standalone QBs from you?
2: Yeah, um, I like uh, the guy that's going against my New England Patriots, Deshaun Watson, as as Brett calls him, prime time Deshaun. I mean, the Texans are 13.5-point underdogs if you're looking at the Super Contest spread. It uh, tells me that Houston is going to be playing from behind. I mean, I just I don't really care who this guy is throwing the ball to, or even if he is throwing the ball because he can run. Uh, he proved that uh, last week against the Bengals. He ripped off that big 50 or 60 yard run for a touchdown. Listen, the Patriots defense they did improve last week, but it was a slight improvement, and they're still not that good. Um, they they can't really cover people. Um, you know they've given up 724 yards and six touchdowns in the passing games over the first two weeks. Uh, at the price for Deshaun Watson at 4700 I think that he can easily uh, get up over 20 points against the Patriots playing from behind. You know, the yards will be there. If he even gets one touchdown, he'll make up for some other yards on the ground with some running. So uh, look for me to play some, some Deshaun Watson. Um, and then I also like the other side of the ball also with Tom Brady. Uh, obviously, I know that I'm paying up for Tom Brady. He's going to be much chalkier. Um, but I like Tom Brady alone this week because I just, I don't, he, they spread the ball all over the field. I mean, we know that it's been, it's been the MO for the Patriots for the past couple of years. Uh, I think it was seven different players last week, had two targets. So, I mean, the ball's going to go everywhere. I don't know where he's always going to throw it. He seems to kind of change week in and week out. So, I will have some Brady uh, by himself, but as a much lesser share value uh, as opposed to Deshaun Watson.
0: How much has Gronk done?
2: I mean, what? He hurt his groin. He might not even play this week. Done, <laughs> toast, shit. But they're gonna listen. You want to know a hot hate, take? Gr- I Gronk. I hate New England fans. Gronk so won't be on the team at the end of this year.
0: There it is. Traded. <laughs> I'm, I, can't mar- I can't wait to Traded. mark. Can't wait to mark. I marked the tape for that one because <laughs> it's complete insanity. Uh, Bert standalone QBs.
1: Hey man, there's not a whole lot to like this week uh it's gonna be a lot of Andy Dalton for me this week I do like the D- Deshaun Watson call I think it's one of those weeks where you could play Deshaun Watson and the Patriots uh defense on the same team I think, I think the <laughs> going back gonna...
2: to your Kaepernick days is that yes, what you're doing here
1: yes man it could be one of those weeks I I think he's gonna score some points but the Patriots might score two touchdowns too so I I don't hate the the, the Watson call I like Kirk Cousins too uh it's just not easy to figure out who to stack him with I hate Terrell Pryor That dude cannot catch a football. Uh, Jamison Crowder and Chris Thompson, probably the preferred options for me this week against Oakland with Jordan Reed probably out. Is he going to sit? I I don't see. I don't know. We'll see. But if if he is out, I do like Crowder. The Raiders not good at defending the middle of the field. Uh, That's where Crowder lives. If he is healthy, he's a top play for me. But Cousins, I think you could play uh, by himself as well.
0: No music this week, but we still have to step into... The Blue Apron Kitchen, where, guys, if you sign up using blueapron.com slash gamble you get $30 off your first meal package. $30 off. You go in there, you select your meal, they prepackage everything, it's all farm grown, healthy, nutrition is a plus, and they send it right to your door. You just open it, read the directions, make some food, and voila. No going to the grocery store and seeing if Certain vegetables are ripe, you have no idea if that avocado is ripe. You don't know if it should be dark or light or hard or soft. You try to open the top, you look, it's green, does that mean it's ripe? You have no idea. Let the experts do it for you. Check out the menu this week, we've got crispy rockfish and grape butter sauce with green beans and corn. Grape butter sauce, that sounds amazing. Also chicken and lemon caper sauce with orzo pasta and spinach. And some pizza, pepper, onion, and olive pizza with spicy broccoli. Go to Gridiron. Uh, excuse me. Go to BlueApron.com/gridirongamble. Support your stomach and the collective. That's BlueApron.com/gridirongamble. Fact your backs. I'll bring DP into the mix first here. Uh, who you got at running back this week, Donnie?
2: Uh well you said it earlier Rich you alluded to it a little bit with choking the life out of the game. I'm looking at your boy, Jonathan Stewart uh, down in Carolina. I mean, listen, the Saints suck. They they're really bad. Uh you know, I like the Panthers to get up early. I like for them to look to put this one away with Jonathan Stewart as the power back. Yes, they do want to get Christian McCaffrey the ball, but I just don't see the uh the great need for it this game uh when I see them getting up. So look for the second half. Uh, for, for Jonathan Stewart to, uh, to, to really just, just put in the workload. The Saints gave up 138 uh, rushing yards on 5.1 yards per carry in week one against the Vikings, 97 rushing yards on 3.7 yards per carry in week two against New England, who, who spread the ball out more, whereas uh, week one it was mostly Dalvin Cook. So. You know, I just and also you have to factor in that that Greg Olson's not there in the passing game. Mo alluded to Calvin Benjamin being banged up. Cam Newton's got that shoulder injury; was a little bit limited in practice on Wednesday. So is he going to be throwing the ball over the field as much? I don't know. Like I said, I like them to be up. Give me Jonathan Stewart. I love it. And I'm also looking at uh, Mike Gillislee. Same sort of reasons uh, up in New England, and then also Derrick Henry uh, for Tennessee.
0: Jay Stu. I'm not the only one touting Jay Stu in this world.
2: You are not. I'm with you on this one. Let's go. This isn't. This. This is. This is a far better tout than your stupid Eddie Lacy tout, though. <laughs> this is more Jay Stu talk on this show than we've had the
1: last <laughs> like three years.
0: Eddie Lacy still goat in positive game scripts. He just didn't get a chance. Uh, Mo, who you got at running back? I'm looking at uh, some cheaper values
3: this week at running back. Uh, Donnie already named one. Derrick Henry, 5300. Seattle. Here's some defense, a matchup people will probably like to avoid, but I don't know because Hyde did shred them pretty good last week. Um, but with DeMarco Murray hobbled, this could be the time where Henry does what we predicted in the preseason on this show, takes the job by the horns, and uh, you know we've seen Seattle get run on by elite offensive lines before uh, a couple years ago, the Cowboys. Really trucked them, and uh, Henry's got a chance to do the same this week. Another play I really like. It's it's hard of a Husker. It's Amir. He's forty-seven hundred. Why is he cheaper than Theo Riddick uh, after he just went seventeen for eighty-six on the G's? Uh, I understand that the Lions are dogs here but it's not like Amir is totally inept in a passing game or they're like 10 point dogs where they're just gonna be passing every down I mean this price makes no sense to me uh, I also think if you wanna go uh for another uh, like a Theo Riddick type PPR back Chris Thompson's a great option uh, only 4500 I do see some ownership here for sure but uh it should be justified. This this is just too cheap for Chris Thompson. When he might just be competing for touches with Samaje Pirine. And although I tried to get on board with this guy preseason, it hasn't been there so far. No meaningful action week one. And then he had to come in after an injury to Rob Kelly. And he performed much, much worse than Rob Kelly did in week two. And anytime you're performing much, much worse than Rob Kelly, I can't get excited about you. So uh, Chris Thompson, 4,500, looks like he might be Washington's best back. It's a good spot for him. Bert
0: Minotti. Go ahead.
1: Well, I'll start with Gilleslie. I mean, this is pretty much how I mapped out the season for him this year. He is the new LeGarrette Blount in this offense, seeing goal line touches, most of the late game work, 15 touches in Week 1, 18 last week, four touchdowns already. Uh, The Pats, again, huge favorites uh, this week against the Texans. So I'm expecting another 15 to 20 touches for Gilleslie and a touchdown. He's only 5,700. So keep riding that. until. How
2: dare you insult Mike Gillisley by calling him LeGarrette Blount? He... He's, that is I said that he's, is ho- see, don't you ever has, say that. Don't do could it.
1: I, who else did I compare him to? He's I mean he's the he's got that role in this offense.
2: He he LeGarrette Blount is not even in Mike Gillesley's league. All right, but
0: this is the role that they carved out. Yeah, that's not the point that he's. Making.
2: <laughs>
3: I mean, he's not
0: wrong. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody. He's, it's a straw man though. Nobody's saying that LeGarrette Blunt and Mike Gillisley are the same talent-wise. No, they Rish give Gillisley thing. the ball a lot
2: more than they gave Blunt the ball. Blunt was just no. falling from the one-yard line. Gillisley is
1: much more. No, they
0: don't. Is, is no,
1: they don't. Blunt, <laughs> got, Blunt had all the workload last year.
0: If anything, Gillisley's role is is smaller. Yeah, Blunt had like multiple 30-carry games yeah, last year. it was insane. Gillisley is never going to sniff that. Just the way they play offense. He's never gonna sniff. He might not. He might not even sniff twenty carries in a game this season. I think
1: he will. But yeah, Blunt was. They just handed the ball off to blunt like for quarters last year. Just chunks. Um. Anyway, moving on. I, I like Isaiah Cruel at four thousand eight hundred in GPPs. Uh, at, devil. Well, this, is, this is devil. Yeah, devil this, as it gets. This is GPP only for me because I actually do like the Colts in this game and for game flow purposes this one could work against crowell who saw a huge dip in snaps last week when the browns were playing catch up but if this does turn into a browns route and it could uh, crowell could have a massive game love the ceiling here against a pitiful colt's team so crowell and gpps and the aforementioned derrick henry super sneaky although uh, everybody on this show is talking about him so maybe not as sneaky as i originally thought Seahawks 29th in run defense efficiency so far this season according to Number Fire, just shredded by Carlos Hyde last week. If you're going to beat Seattle, you have to beat them on the ground. Uh, So Henry, clearly the better back in Tennessee. If he can get 15 plus touches, I think he easily pays off his salary and then some.
0: You guys have brought up Carlos Hyde twice, and I think if you are playing the Thursday slate, he is a must start. If you you take away his 61-yard run, Against the Hawks, he is still averaging 4.7 yards per carry. And those are in games against Carolina and Seattle, which have real AF defenses. Uh, th- that's according to Raymond Summerlin. Uh, s- the same stat uh, also goes to Ray Summerlin of Roto World. Uh, half of Washington's carries last week went for a l- at least four yards against the Rams. Carlos Hyde is going to eat tonight. And Mike Sh- uh, Kyle Shanahan, just... He, he makes running backs. He elevates running backs to levels that uh, are incredible. So I like Hyde to eat tonight and probably for the rest of the season think he's a good buy uh, in season long. Uh, I talked about McCaffrey. I, I like him in this matchup against the Saints. They have terrible coverage in the middle of the field where running backs eat and in the flats. They just got rid of Stephon Anthony, who was at least a linebacker with a pulse, trading him to Miami so I think he can really eat in PPR formats. And, Mo, I have to disagree with you. I, I like Theo Riddick in this matchup. Look, him and Amir have run uh, a similar amount of routes thus far, according to Pro Football Focus. Abdullah, 22 routes. Theo Riddick, 28 routes. But Stafford just prefers throwing the ball to Riddick. Uh, Riddick has out-targeted Abdullah 10-3 to and has 1.6 yards per route run where Amir Abdullah is down. At point 0.5, I think this is negative script for the Lions. I still believe they're going to regress. I'm going to believe that until the uh, the whistle blows in Week 17 and the season's over. And I've actually been pretty impressed uh, by the Falcons kind of fighting off their Super Bowl hangover. So uh, I prefer Riddick to Abdullah even given the price in this matchup. Wide receivers will go in reverse again. So we'll lead off with Burt you know you like A.J. Green, Whether what other pass catchers are you targeting?
1: Yeah, love A.J. Green. There's a lot of different matchups I like this week. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey against the Giants, uh, he is going to see, I would expect, quite a amount of Eli Apple, who has just been lit up so far this season. Big mismatch there for Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, even if he does see Janoris Jenkins, Jenkins coming off the injury. So I like a mismatch there as well. I think Alshon Jeffrey could eat this week against the Giants. Keenan Allen against Philip Gaines. You are going to get another chalky week out of Keenan Allen, but this is just, you can't ignore this matchup. I will continue to pick on Gaines every week. That guy is horrible, and he's grading horribly again on PFF this year. Uh, I like another slot guy, Golden Tate against Brian Poole of the Falcons. Poole has allowed the most receptions out of the slot so far this season, so expecting a lot of targets and production from Golden Tate. And one of my favorites this week is T.Y. Hilton. I think T.Y. Hilton finally gets in the end zone with a a big week against the Browns. Uh, This is a game I think the Colts are going to win, and they need to do some work through the air with Hilton. Get this guy involved. He is a sick talent uh, and a much better matchup this week than last week against Patrick Peterson, who did shadow him, as I expected. So I think this is the week that T.Y. breaks out.
0: Mo, give us some pass catchers.
3: I also like T.Y. Hilton. Um, just a beautiful price and nice matchup this week at $5,200 there. Uh, going away from that one, I think Doug Baldwin. How about Doug Baldwin? 6400 I think he's a little underpriced here. Um, the Hawks are road underdogs, so they could be playing from behind here. Tennessee not an imposing defense so I think it's a good spot for Doug Baldwin uh another decent play I think uh if you're going a little more off the board and a little cheaper Mohammed Sanu uh Darius Slay really really uh one of the top corners out there and oh, I assume he's going to be shadowing Julio uh I don't expect him to shut him down or anything. This is Julio we're talking about. But even if he limits him some, could be some extra looks going Sanu's way. And uh, he's already pulled in some catches, 11 for 132, while the Falcons have nursed two pretty sizable leads. So uh, if they get in a, a more positive like shootout type spot, which could be the case this week, in a game with a high total, uh, Sanu could benefit.
2: I'm looking at a couple different wide receivers. Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker for the Miami Dolphins. It'll likely be a bit chalkier, but I don't really care. Um, let's go. Uh, one person that I'm going to use Mo's theory and counteract the, the situation that I talked about earlier is I'm looking at the top of the the salary charts at Brandon Cooks. Rich, you said it last week. Who's going to be clicking this guy for 8200 Although his price has dropped to 7300 I don't really think anyone's going to be clicking this guy. Uh, you know, I, I did say earlier that I like Tom Brady without stacking him with anyone. I, I still would lean that way, but if I, I'm going to take some flyers on Brandon Cooks. I think that given all the injuries uh, to the, the passing core of New England, uh, somebody's got to step up, and Brandon Cooks seems to be the only healthy guy right now. So I would look for Brandon Cooks to have a breakout game. I mean, he's got to have a breakout game at one of these weeks. Uh, why can't it be this week? Uh, when they're playing against uh, a team that they're supposed to blow out. so And then I also like uh, taking a flyer, Rich, on your boy. The, the guy, the only guy who can seem to play football in New York, and that's uh, Jermaine Kearse. Uh, the guy playing simple, he can play football. He's got an uptick in price this year, uh, thanks to a 22-point performance last week. Um, but I can't really see too many people clicking a guy who plays for the Jets. I mean, he's the top pass-catching option. Uh, in New York, uh, Miami didn't do so hot against the other team's top pass-catching option in Keenan Allen. Not that I'm saying Jermaine curse is Keenan Allen, but I'm just saying that Miami's not going to be able to cover this guy too well. They're going to be from behind. They're going to be having to throw the ball, so uh, give me some Jermaine curse And then also, you guys have talked about it, uh, Rashard Higgins, I like
0: him as well, so um, I'll have a bunch of those guys in all my lineups. I'm telling Burt Minotti, AJ Green is my favorite uh, high price play of the week, Uh, My other favorite GPP play is Babytron, shout out JJ Zacharyson, Kenny Galladay. Galladay has out-targeted Marvin Jones and has out-snapped every receiver on the team save for Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, so third highest snap total. Again, I think we're going to see negative game script for Detroit. They're going to need to score, and 40% of his targets have been 20 yards or further down the field. They didn't really need to throw deep at all in the second half against the Giants. They had that game in hand. But I think when they're going to try to stretch the field, uh, it's either going to be to Jones or to Galladay. Uh, we know Tate is doing most of his work underneath, and like I said, he's out targeted Marvin Jones thus far. So I think Kenny Galladay can get past the defense and score a big one on Sunday. He's definitely worth a fire on DK. In terms of cash games, there's two guys that I think What'd just you say? are mandatory plays. This week, Jarvis Landry is like the cash game Hall of Famer. Uh, he's, he, he's like just a walking 10 catches. And the Jets, I mean, the, the Jets' defense has actually been okay, but guys that eat underneath have destroyed them so far this season. We saw Charles Clay work underneath in that West Coast offense. Buffalo's working and just rack up a ton of catches and kill them. And then last week, you look at the Oakland duo, uh, and it wasn't the big home run threat, the big killer, uh, Mari Cooper that did the work it was the homestay the guy who works underneath Michael Crabtree who just ate the Jets secondary's lunch so while I think for the season and with Jay Cutler's skill set I think Devontae Parker is going to be the better play for the most of the year I think this is a great spot for Jarvis Landry to have like an absurd like 12 for 140 line because the Jets cannot cover underneath the safeties uh, the other play My heart, my darling, Kendall Wright. Uh, Kendall Wright, there's only one player in the NFL that has a 100% catch rate when targeted with 50 or more snaps from the slot, and that's Golden Tate. Golden Tate is like $2,000 more expensive. So pay down if you want to get that floor and get Kendall Wright this week. He's pretty much the only professional receiver still standing in the Chicago offense. Tight end. Going back around the horn, DP, who you got? Well, I like,
2: uh, I mean, these two guys are chalky to me. Uh, Zach Ertz, I mean, I just think that he's going to have a big game. Um, I really can't pass up Zach Ertz. uh, And also Jordan Reed, uh, just going back to my stack with the Redskins. Um, But moving on past them, I like Hunter Henry this week. Um, Interestingly, Rich, I mean, you kind of called it uh, leading up to this season. uh, Antonio Gates breaks the touchdown record, and then Hunter Henry goes and gets all the focus and seven receptions on seven targets for 80 yards. So... Um, I really like Hunter Henry this week. Uh, I mean, Brett's been you know, riding Hunter Henry's dick for the past you know, six months, and uh, it looks like it's coming to, to fruition. Uh, I also like uh, Delaney Walker at 4,400. Walker's a good player. Uh, he gets a good amount of targets, you know, with Corey Davis already ruled out for week three. Eric Decker hasn't really been doing much in the passing game. I mean, Rashard Matthews has a little bit uh, more so than Decker, but I really do like Delaney Walker here. I mean, those targets from Corey Davis are going to have to go somewhere. Why not go to, uh, you know, Mariota's safety net and, and a good player, a good solid tight end in Delaney Walker? And then if I'm going to do a punt play... Oh, my
0: God. Are you flexing tight end this week? How many tight ends are you going to
2: tie- talk? I, I do a, a lot of lineups, okay? I spread, I spread it out, okay? Uh, this one is, is a total punt play, but I just want to throw it out there, you know, just in case I'm right. If Gronk doesn't play, look at Jacob Hollister, skip over Dwayne Allen. Let's go.
0: What? That, that is the ultimate punt.
2: That is the ultimate pump play. I said, l- l- just pay attention if Gronk plays or not, or if he's limited. He was limited in practice on Wednesday, so just pay attention to that one. What's
1: the guy's name? Is he a ja- real player?
2: Jacob Hollister. Yeah. yeah, he's an undrafted free agent out of Wyoming. Wow,
0: something Hollister. So he's, he's twenty-five percent bat-
2: of his of his passes in college were uh, of balls thrown twenty yards or more. So people like to use him downfield. Uh, he's more athletic, he's taller than Dwayne Allen, and honestly, he's better than Dwayne Allen because Dwayne Allen absolutely sucks, and he's totally in the doghouse up in
0: New England. Moe's m- seam theory. Seam theory. Tight end up the seam, 20-plus yards. <laughs> professional seam theory. Something Hollister?
1: I don't know what this guy is.
0: <laughs> Listen, uh, we have to do something for any of our listeners that screenshot a lineup on Sunday. Don't, I, I don't want people making a lineup now and then screenshotting it and then changing the tight end. I I need like no we need Sunday. we need
2: results. Like he needs to be in the lineup when the contest closes.
0: Yeah, I need Sunday at like 1:05 p.m. a screenshot of somebody having something Hollister at their tight end position.
2: Don't do that, please don't do
0: that. <laughs> Listen, if uh, Gronk
2: doesn't play, you're gonna be sorry. Momo, <laughs>
0: Mo, Mo, who you got at tight end? I hope it's better than something Hollister.
3: Yeah, just like Brett, I've never heard of something Hollister. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he played against. I don't the know Huskers. how the two college guys haven't hold. Uh, anyways, I think if Jordan Reed doesn't play, he's going to be chalky. But you're going to have to look at Vernon Davis. He's only 3K. Could be a shootout there against the Raiders. Uh, but there's another tight end I'm looking at that's also in the 3K range. It's Brett's boy, Eric Ebron. 3,300 here in what could be a very high-scoring game against the Falcons quietly very very solid last year And he showed what he could do with a nice 15-point Fantasy performance uh, in a really tough matchup against the Giants Got in the end zone I mean, I don't think you can really do better than this for 3,300. This is Just too cheap. He should probably be
0: Around, like, how is Charles Clay? Ebron's you know, going to have higher ownership than, Ebron, than Vernon I mean, Davis Come on, if Reed gets hurt. Ebron's going to be chalky.
1: Yeah, he's, he is probably the chalk this week.
0: Yeah, chalk bron. Super yeah. chalk.
1: His price is not reflected in yeah. his Monday Night Football performance because the prices came out before that, so that's why yeah. he's so cheap.
0: Bert, well, I agree, yeah.
3: but For I was, sure.
1: we're just saying his ownership's going to be high.
3: Well, if he's, ch- he's too cheap. Bert.
1: what you got? I really like Jack Doyle. Yes, week. Doyle rules. At That's my guy. 3, Maybe I should just stack the Colts. I Apparently I love the Colts this week. Uh, it, Jacoby Brissett loves Jack Doyle. He caught all eight targets last week against Arizona. I Are we going to see that type of production again this week? I don't know, because I think T.Y. Hilton becomes more involved against Cleveland. But, man, the Browns are pitiful at defending the tight end. They were the worst last year. Has not gotten any better this year. Ben Watson, 8 for 91 last week. J- uh, Jesse James went for 6 for 41 and two touchdowns in week one. So, man, it could be a monster game from Jack Doyle. I think you need some uh, some Colts stacks in your life this week. And uh, other than that, Zach, Zach Miller. Rich likes Kendall Wright, but I think the number one vertical passing option for Mike Lennon right now just might be Zach Miller. 15 targets through two weeks. Still super cheap. And they don't have anybody else to throw to. So I think the volume continues for Zach Miller.
0: Yeah, I, you took all the Jack Doyle points from me. I mean, look, just look at the waiver wire action after tight ends played the Browns. People sprinted to the wire to pick up something Jesse James and now this week something Ben Watson. Two guys who are not good at football because the Browns <laughs> were just <laughs> obliterated by them. And on top of that, we've seen Jack Doyle, uh, just like my boy Kendall Wright, he's been uh, targeted eight times, he's caught all eight balls, and that's with something Tolzien and something Brisket throwing him the ball, and something Brisket really liked him last week. So I think Jack Doyle just eats in the situation. I'm going to have most of my exposure on him. And if I don't click Jack Doyle, uh, I think I'm going to click Jared Cook, guys. Uh, He's second in, in the team on Oakland in targets Uh, he's just getting a ton of volume in a high performance offense in a game with a high Vegas total uh, everybody's obviously going to be if they want pass catchers in this game if they're stacking car they're going to be on Crab or Cooper Uh, so might as well click Jared Cook Uh, but all Jared Cook is known for is disappointment so I'm expecting nothing but that so I'll be having mostly Jack Doyle in my you guys remember speaking of the Browns you guys
3: remember when we fired Browns in the contest last year against uh, the Cowboys, and they just didn't cover Jason Witten?
0: Yeah, Jason Witten just went for a, a walk, and he would turn and someone would throw a football at him. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't cover <laughs> yeah, Jason they, Witten. They're allergic to covering the tight end. It's it's amazing. Uh, defense and special teams, Mo, kick us off. Who, who do you think is going to get a bunch of turnovers this weekend? Well,
3: there is one team that I see that's way, way underpriced, and, well, this might be along the lines of the Ebron play. They're going to be really popular. But if you don't mind going chalk, I think you just have to click on the Eagles. I mean, what the hell? They're 3K against Eli and this disastrous Giants offense. This price is ridiculous. Uh, But if you are looking to go a little more contrarian, uh, don't be afraid to click on the Browns. I don't trust Brissette. Sorry, Brett. I can't get on board with anything besides maybe a T.Y. Hilton play. And this Colts offense looks really, really, really bad. So... You know, I think the Browns got a chance to at least get a couple he definitely turnovers holds from onto the ball too long. This, this uh, guy, I don't see him being he, able to take kind of, care of the
0: ball. It's kind of like what we discussed before with, with Watson and Patriots D being viable. Uh, you'll hear my defense in a second after talking about, well, I'll just say it right now. I, I like the Packers, uh, 3,400. I still like Dalton Green. But where I'm not playing Dalton Green, I'm going to have the Packers defense because that Cincinnati offensive line is about as bad as it gets, uh, which means sacks, turnovers, and potentially touchdowns. So, love Green Bay this week. DP, what defense do you got? Don't even know
2: why I'm here. I, I wrote down three, and they've already been said. I like the Eagles. I like the Browns, and I like the Packers. I like the Eagles. Like Mo said, the the Giants' offense is just absolutely abysmal. I don't really see them doing much, and I, you know, I can see a lot of sacks. Um, I could also see a lot of pressure that leads to turnovers. Uh, with the Browns, I mean the Colts, worst the league or among the worst in the league, with 22 total points and uh, around 245 yards per game. I don't really see them being a big threat. And if you actually watch the Browns' D play defense, they look pretty good. I mean, minus the fact that they don't really cover tight ends, but I don't think Jack Doyle is going to be, you know, going down the field for 60, 70 yard touchdowns. Um, I think that they'll mm-hmm. keep it low scoring and, and also possibly get some get some turnovers there. And then the Packers, like you said, Rich. Uh, you know, Cincinnati's offensive line, not that good. I can see them pressuring Dalton. When you pressure Dalton, he's going to uh, throw picks. I mean, he's already leads the league in, in interceptions with four. So, uh, yeah, I like him to get a little bit rattled going up there to Lambeau Field in Green Bay and, uh, you know, throwing another pick or two.
0: Brett, close us out. Who you got?
1: Definitely like the Eagles, even though they will be the most popular defense uh, in play this week. That defensive line is just going to manhandle this Giants unit up front and Eli doesn't know what the hell is going on back there the guy has zero pocket awareness right now so I definitely like the Eagles and the Patriots I mentioned them earlier against the Sean Watson even though they are the priciest team on the board on DraftKings the Texans quarterbacks have been sacked eight times hurried 31 times through the first two weeks that's pitiful this offensive line is the worst I've seen in a while and there have been a lot of bad offensive lines over the past few years so that I think the Patriots are just going to eat this week. So those are the two I'm looking at. I don't hate. I don't hate the Packers play either because we've talked about it the first couple weeks. This Bengals offensive line is also just a train wreck. So it could easily be a Packers two two defensive touchdown week. So I'll definitely hedge a little bit where I don't have Dalton. I'll have Packers defense. Yeah, totally.
0: Uh, how about can I uh, can I interest anybody in a Jets devil play? Sure.
1: It's Cutler.
0: Smoking J, don't care. Come on, can't we can't we see Fading Wentz? I don't hate that either. Yeah. I, can't can't we see Cutler like just throwing three interceptions and one of them being taken back? Isn't that in the Range of outcomes every time six steps onto the field. The only thing I'm I mean, worried
2: about is is the Jets management, coaching staff, whatever, telling the team to literally drop interceptions because they need to the tank. And what about Jets? the Stop.
0: Giants? These, these guys are losing <laughs> their jobs. Fade your boy Wentz. Jets. Like Bowles is gone. He's a lame duck head coach, so he he gets nothing out of them being bad. McCagn will stay. The GM will stay, and the the decision makers will stay. But Bowles is, is lame duck, so he needs to put together good tape so that he can get a fucking job after this. So he's not going to be telling people to drop anything. What
3: I'd be worried about with the Jets is um, the possibility that they just might be facing 35 carries from, uh, from a Jai. From the train? The J train? Yeah, so if that's the case, they're going to have a little bit of a harder time picking the ball off.
0: That is certainly true. And... uh Man, Cutler looked somewhat decent last week. I, it It's refreshing to see somebody give Devontae Parker a chance to win. Like, just let that dude ball out. He is, I don't care what anybody says, Devontae Parker is a country mile better than Jarvis Landry at football.
1: Well, yeah, they're, they play two different positions, really. I mean,
0: that's true. But would you rather have a Jarvis Landry or a Devontae Parker? Like, if you were building a team and. You had to pick one of them. Who would you rather?
1: I'd take Parker. I like them both, though. They both do their own thing.
0: Yeah, I, I just think Landry's skill set's more replicable. Give me juice.
1: Wow. Juice. Really?
0: Yeah, Landry's skill set's
2: more replicable. Like, you see tons of people just going over the middle for 10 catches a game. You see, like, three of them in the league, Rich.
0: He catches the ball three yards downfield. Yeah, Anybody and can do I'm that.
2: building a team. I'm building it like the New England Patriots, and I'm taking Jarvis Landry. I'm dinking dunking
0: my way to five Super Bowls. Yeah, and boring everybody in the process. It's all right. How many Super Bowls do you have over there, Bud? Way to ruin the game of football.
2: Hey, ruining the game of football, winning championships. I'm fine. I'm football's fine.
0: Not, football's not going to exist because a dot of five, like that. People keep talking about Kaepernick and all these other reasons. CTE, all these other reasons people are watching. Uh, here's a dirty little secret: football sucked the first two weeks. It was bad. There have been. Uh, I think twenty-seven fewer touchdowns than last year, and the fewest amount of offensive touchdowns since two thousand five. Like the game is regressing right now because people are forming their games around the Patriots, and it could certainly be the death of football as we know. It no, now.
2: the game is regressing because the the percentage of horrible head coaches in the league is at an all time high. It's like ninety quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, see, there's. I think there's a little bit better quarterbacks. Uh, in terms of like. I don't know, average skill sets. than there are coaches, but the coaches are absolutely horrible.
0: Come on, man. We're watching something Kaiser and something Brisket play football on Sunday. No, I
2: I get it. Like, they're the below average ones. But, you know, with with Brissett, you you got to think Andrew Luck is eventually going to come back. But, you know. But Andrew Luck hasn't even played good football. Yeah. Andrew Luck has played, like, one good season. I get it. But could you imagine if Andrew Luck had a coach that had a clue I mean, come on. You ha- I put that on the coach. I put that on the coach, and also I put that on, on the GM and the way that they've built that team there in Indianapolis. They haven't given Luck yeah. a chance.
0: Well, yeah, Gregson is a disaster. All right, I got to go. I got to work all these big boy activities. Follow these guys on Twitter, at Brett BrettColson, C-O-L-L-S-O-N, at Donnie underscore Peterson, at Mo Nuwara, N-U-W-A-R-A-H. You can also send any questions, inquiries, love to at gridiron gamble Uh, if you would if you've made it to whatever this is the 55 minute mark in the podcast that means you are a loyal fan and i very much appreciate you it would be extremely helpful if you would go to itunes or wherever you watch listen to this podcast and rate and review that will be helpful in the long run Uh, and we certainly thank you for making it this far into our rambling about dfs We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Super Contest and hopefully put together a goddamn winning card for 2017. But until then, enjoy the football this evening. Peace out.